Hello thinkers, my name's Nigel and welcome to Philosopher Brain. On this episode, I'm going to discuss ethics. Now there's a lot to ethics in philosophy, so this is going to be just kind of a snapshot of it. I'm going to discuss some of the things that stood out to me from some of the classes that I've taken. And there's plenty more information out there to look it up, but these are just some of the ones that I found interesting. There are different parts of ethics, such as meta-ethics, which questions, is morality only human? And what motivates human action? There's normative ethics, which kind of asks what defines right and wrong and it focuses that there's only one standard that defines right and wrong and there are applied ethics which are real world controversial issues that are also moral issues i'm just going to focus on the ones that stuck out to me during my studies, namely Kantianism, Egoism, Utilitarianism, and Stoicism. The first thing I'm going to talk about is Kantianism, and forgive me if I'm saying that wrong. Kantianism was developed by the German philosopher Immanuel Kant, the main argument of Kantianism is that duty is more important than desire. And what he means by that is only do what you would like everyone else to do. The consequences don't matter. Only the motivation matters. The motivation is what determines the moral worth. Don't treat people as a means to an end, but as an end in themselves. And this can also be said as the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Kant focuses on what he calls the categorical imperative. And he uses an analogy to define it. The analogy is of a prisoner locked in a room with one bottle of water. The prisoner is thirsty. In order to quench his thirst, a thirsty person must drink. Now consider that a thirsty, the thirsty prisoner still has the bottle of water. A second prisoner is thrown in. And this prisoner is clearly dying of thirst. Kantianism would say that the categorical imperative of the thirsty man is to drink, to end his thirst. But once the dying man is thrown in, the categorical imperative becomes to give water to the dying man. Now going further, if the dying man chokes on the water and dies, Kantianism says that the thirsty person that gave the dying person water is not to blame. Giving 
the dying person water was a morally sound decision. The results don't matter, only the motivation matters. Kantianism falls under duty theories of normative ethics. There are also virtue ethics, which speak on developing good habits of character so that you will act in good behavior no matter what the situation. There's also another category of consequentialist th theories, and one of them is about weighing the actions and consequences. And the one I'd like to focus on there is utilitarianism. Utilitarianism argues that everyone should be treated equally. The morally just choice for any action is whatever will help the most people. This is expressed by using terms for good feelings and bad feelings in the universe. Good feelings are called hedons and bad feelings are called dolors. And with utilitarianism, all actions can either be positive or negative, meaning they could either be hedons or dolars. And the goal for any choice should be to make the most hedons or good vibes or good feelings in the universe as possible with the decisions that you make. The example I would like to discuss about utilitarianism was explained to me as the cookie monster paradox. The cookie monster paradox is a thought experiment about utilitarianism. Let's say I'm a utilitarianist and I believe that creating the most good feelings in the universe or hedons is what makes a good life. One of my friends would like cookies. So I make a plate full of cookies. Then I carry the cookies to my friend's house. On the way to my friend's house, I walk by Cookie Monster from Sesame Street. And for anyone that doesn't know who Cookie Monster is, he's basically a monster that would do anything for cookies. So me trying to create the most good feelings in the world, or hedons, I would see that Cookie Monster wants some of my cookies. But I've already made the decision to give those cookies to my friend. However, if my goal is to create the most hedons in the world, nobody loves cookies more than Cookie Monster. So, in order to create the most good feelings in the world, I would give Cookie Monster some cookies. Cookie Monster gladly eats the cookies with more tenacity than anyone could ever eat cookies. But, since it is Cookie Monster and there's never enough cookies, as soon as Cookie Monster finishes the cookies, he's going to be looking at the rest of my cookies with the same desire. If I'm still a utilitarian, then 
I have to acknowledge that no one will love those cookies as much as Cookie Monster, even if he just ate them. So this cycle would continue until Cookie Monster has eaten all of the cookies. And if we were to continue the thought even further, Cookie Monster should have all of the cookies in the entire world forever because no one will appreciate those cookies as much as Cookie Monster. No one will create as many good feelings eating cookies as Cookie Monster. And utilitarianism argues that all that matters are the good feelings or hedons in the world. This points out that someone like Cookie Monster who is never satisfied and will always want more can act kind of like a black hole and suck up everything in order to generate hedons. This would give nobody else in the world cookies ever again. Next to utilitarianism, there are two other concepts. One is altruism, which argues that helping others should be more important than helping yourself. The one that I am going to focus on is egoism. Egoism is different than narcissism. Narcissists believe they are the best at everything and that they deserve special treatment. What egoism is, is the belief that every action that a being takes is for the benefit of that being. That's not to say that someone is selfish or that everyone is selfish. What it's saying is that when you get down to the root motivation for any action that a being takes, it's because the being wants to take that action for one reason or another. An example of this involves Abraham Lincoln. Abraham Lincoln was on his way to a speech, and on the way, he heard some pigs squealing. When he looked out, he saw a mother pig squealing and panicking as some of her piglets had been trapped inside some mud and were surely going to drown. At the time, Lincoln had argued that everyone was an egoist, including himself. But upon hearing those pigs, he asked his driver to stop, got out, went into the mud, and helped the piglets to safety. When he returned to his carriage, a fellow passenger argued that Lincoln had proved that he was no egoist because he stopped to help those pigs even though it got him covered in mud. It was no benefit to him. Lincoln explained that he was an egoist and even though he helped those pigs, his motivations were selfish. His motivation for helping those pigs was that if he did not help those pigs, he believed they would have died. And if he would have let them die, he would not have been able to get a good night's sleep because he would blame himself for not doing the right thing. This story points out that even good actions are from a desire to do good, and the being wants to feel good 
So it performs the good actions, whether or not it seems to be counterproductive for itself. The last point I'll make on ethics is Stoicism. Stoicism is an ancient Greek philosophy that was invented by Zeno. Zeno was a merchant. One day, he was awaiting his ship with all of his supplies on it, and it sank. He was left with nothing. Instead of being defeated by this, he began studying philosophy from the great philosophers of his time in Athens. Eventually, he went on to create Stoicism. Stoicism is not about getting rid of your emotions. Stoicism teaches to rise above adversity and to control your emotions rather than allow them to control you. Stoicism teaches how to use your emotions when necessary, but not be conquered by them when not necessary. The uses of these ethical arguments that I have pointed out, they matter to me because I feel that they all point out different ways of defining what makes a good life. They point out different ways of defining what we define our own purpose as. They all find different ways of reasoning, and they open up the definitions of right and wrong. Thinking about all these makes me realize that maybe we don't really know what we all define things as, even things that we think are instinctual, such as right and wrong. These leave me with some questions. Which of these ethical ideas applies to me? Which of these don't? What do I think defines right and wrong? Do I accept differences in definitions of right and wrong? What kind of definitions would I accept? What kind of definitions would I not accept? In summary, all of these different versions of ethics, they pretty much say to make the most good instead of bad. It's just the definitions of what is good and what is bad are a little different. Egoism argues that everyone does things for themselves, and that's okay. Stoicism argues that life happens and we can only adjust to it. And they all kind of argue that all we can do is what we think is right. And they point out that there are different ideas on what defines a good life. There's plenty of more out there. And I suggest that maybe you take a deeper look into them. Well, thinkers, that concludes this episode. I hope you liked my discussion on ethics. I hope you liked the examples I pointed out. And I hope to see you on the next one. Take it easy out there.